This is Original Six. It seems like the Toronto Maple Leafs have taken yet another opportunity to reset this season, another kind of natural break in the schedule to find their game. And they've taken that opportunity and sort of kind of thrown it out of the window. To be determined. Uh, it's the Original Six Podcast. <laughs> Paul Ananitis, Zach Mullen, and yours truly, Ryan Savine. Fellas, what's going on? Another week, another episode to talk about Maple Leafs hockey. Oh, yes. That's why it's always a good day to be fired up. We love talking about the Leafs and letting out our anger. I don't know if fired up is the word I would use. I'd say warm. I'm warm. I don't know why, but it's like you can't be fired up after the last couple of days, but you also can't be like super frozen. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Who knows? You're frozen. You're bare. You're just frozen. Yeah, your ankle's a little frozen. No, okay. (laughs) It's good now. Yeah, we're good. Um, Welcome back, everyone. For those of you new to the podcast, uh, thank you for joining us. Make sure to follow, subscribe on your podcast streaming platform. You know the drill. For those of you who are returning, thank you as always. Uh, Let's hop right into things today. Let's do a little preview of what we have to talk about so you know what to expect. We've got week in review, obviously talking a little bit about the All-Star weekend and then games against the Islanders and Stars. Uh, and then some discussions coming up. Uh, Tavares finding his game. Uh, is this Leafs roster built for the playoffs? And trade rumors as usual. And we have a little bit of an injury report led by our injury man himself. And then we'll take week ahead on tap. Two games until we record next. But let's get into week in review, shall we, fellas? All-Star weekend has come and gone. What did you think of the festivities from the draft skills competition to the game and everything in between. I thought it was a lot better than previous years. I think the skills competition was probably one of the best ones recently. And I didn't mind the all-star game. I think the first game is I watched it just cause like all the Leafs were there. Um, It was a little better than recent years. Cause I think they tried a little bit more, but I don't expect them to go anything more than like 50, 60%, except for like the finals was actually pretty good. I guess McDavid wanted another uh, extra million from his, uh, yeah, poor guy to put in his bank account. Yeah, it was, it was better than recent years. I think reintroducing the draft was a great idea. Um, I didn't like that. I was so hopeful for like, all the teams are going to get split up. So then like, you're finally not going to see like Matthews Marner on the same team or like whatever. And then everybody just drafted their own teammates. And then, <laughs> yeah. So that was, I a guess little as to be expected, but yeah, like it's it, not surprising, but I was a little disappointed, but glad they brought it back. I think Paul's right. Like in the game, they seem to try a little bit harder. Uh, yeah, I don't think Matthews should have been the MVP though. I think it's Philip Forsberg. Forsberger to bring it those or Shesterkin too. He made a couple of really nice saves. So yeah, that I, was I feel like, like it, it's all about money, right? Like, hmm. like for the MVP, I, I think the league looks at it and says, you know, Matthews is the, is like the face of the franchise in Toronto. It's in Toronto. He's the captain of the all-star team. If we make him MVP, we'll probably sell more jerseys 
than if we made anyone else MVP. It's, yeah. it's okay. It's it's just a money thing, I think, at that point. Like that's it's and it was in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. just just hit to the hometown crowd. Uh, but really, the I, I don't know. Like I don't know if I'm alone on this. The, the issue I had with this is I, I I think I've said in the past the fact that the league has to literally incentivize players to care about this <laughs> by offering the winner a million dollars. I think is absolutely pathetic. Yeah. I get it. And I get, you know, as a player, you want that time off and it's great if you get voted in and I'm sure it's fun, you know, when you do it a couple times, but you look at a guy like Kucherov who gave no shit about being there and it was, it was very yeah. awesome. Oh, that was so funny. Um, I, I just think, I don't know, I think it's a bad look that the league literally has to hand out a million dollars to a player to want to perform. And, and And on top of that, you know what, like, I... I don't have a problem with saying that. I think in McDavid's post-skills competition interview, I think he was doing with David Amber, whoever it was, when he had won. Look, a million dollars is great. This guy makes a lot of money. Like, I think that money should be donated, and I think he should have spoken about it there. Right? Yeah, like, I, I get a million dollars is a lot. Maybe you don't have to donate all of it, but I, it just, just the idea of him winning it and just holding on to it it just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know. Maybe he did donate and talk about it. I don't know. You know, I, I can only speculate, but I don't, it's just so pathetic, the whole thing. Yeah, I thought it actually did get donated. So, like, this was, that was news to me, like, later on. But, yeah, it's like these guys make a ton of money, and they're just basically going around, and people are paying to watch, you know, you guys do the skills competition. I think that was the biggest thing with Kucherov not trying. Was it's like I didn't care. I'm like, yeah, it's the All Star game, it's the All Star skills. All right, fine. But like, there are people in the audience that like they paid a lot of money to go be there because this is the first time in 24 years it's been in Toronto, and they want to see, you know, uh, skills competition. And then you're just gonna half-ass it, right? So in that mind, yeah, like, what are you doing out there? So definitely agree on the donating thing. I think that that would have been more of an incentive for me to care about what was going on right like even if each player you know for the skills competition was participating on behalf of a charity of their choice and then each team for the game could have done the same thing mm. right like in the yeah. end of the day i know i know they're human like I, i'm talking about people who i'm like yeah they're rich they don't need money but at the end of the day like i, I see both sides if you're mcdavid you make 12 and a half or whatever it is a year you're getting you know, 10%, 15% of your salary in a payout, like, you know, laugh your way to the bank. But at the same time, I don't know, the optics to me just uh, didn't look all that great. Hard to agree. Anyway, off the skills competition and the All-Star Weekend on to games. You know, we, we spoke about it. Hopefully this would be like the next turning point in the season for the Leafs. Uh, a game against the Islanders, a team who we've struggled with this season, you know, expecting a different result. But it was pretty much the same thing as the last two games we've played against the Isles this year. It was a pretty even back and forth game, you know, goals both ways. It looked promising. The Leafs looked like they were going to hold on. Really <sighs> tie the game late. And Pierre, the giraffe angval, uh, <laughs> potted one, one late. And I think you could really sum this game up to just stupid kind of lackadaisical defensive mistakes that should not be made 
at this point in the NHL season. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the, I think the whole game, the Leafs did not play bad. Obviously, Sorokin played very good, which I don't expect anything less from Elias Sorokin. So um, we definitely had to capitalize on some opportunities, but lots of stupid defensive mistakes that led to their goals and especially that breakaway out of the, the penalty box for that guy's first NHL goal. Like, of course, it's his first NHL goal against the Leafs. With his dad on the bench, too. Okay, Could that's not get that's, any that's, more storybook against the Leafs. Yeah, that, that's that's nice, though. Okay, fine. I'll give it to him. It's I just fine. mean, like, you knew that guy was going to score, given all of those factors, and that it was against the Leafs. Yeah. And, it like, I was with my buddy, because my parents were at the game, and I texted my dad, and I go, you know Pierre Engvall's going to score, right? And he goes, oh, I, I'm, I don't think anything less. <laughs> but I didn't expect him to score the game-winning goal with two minutes left in the game that want, made me want to, like, jump out off a roof. Because, you know, the Leafs decide to tie it with a nice tip from Tavares. And then Ryan was like, yep, this has OT loss written all over it. And then you change it to, sorry, I mean regulation loss. Yeah, Ryan was just predicting the Leafs' downfall like a period and a half. It was so obvious. We knew it was gonna come. Yeah, so annoying. What did you guys? What did you guys think of Keith's comments after the game? I mean, saying what we were all thinking, but to kind of verbalize that stuff and really put the onus on the players. I'm curious what you thought about it. Definitely agreed with him on the uh, the stuff he said about letting that guy come out of the penalty box and score on a breakaway, like. That kind of stuff, you can't let that happen in the NHL. Like, can you keep track of two minutes? Your goalie slamming the stick on the ice. Like, I don't know. To me, those are kind of mistakes where these are not being made by the teams that are in the top five in the NHL. Like, your best teams are not making dumb mistakes like this. And they're definitely not making mistakes like this in the playoffs. Like, these kind of things are what are going to kill you. Like, they're just little things where, you know, skate back 15 feet because it's the end of a power play. You've just changed recently. You know that that guy's coming back on the ice. It just drives me nuts. It's like the little little things. It's like, it's almost like the Leafs let the, left the toilet seat up. Like, you know, that whole analogy. Of how, <laughs> I that's like that. the most annoying thing for, for a wife or whatever is the toilet seat being left up. That's what I felt like. Was what they did. They just left the toilet seat up, and then this guy scored his first NHL goal. That's what I'm going to use that actually. Please. They they make a stupid defense mistake. Damn it! They left the toilet seat up. Jeez, they left their dishes in the sink again. Absolute oh, pizzas wow. everywhere. Unreal. Um, and another home loss with the Islanders game. Yep. I'm just trying to pull up the Leafs. Uh, we suck at home record here. It's it's bad. Like, we're actually amazing on the road, statistically. And at home, we just we just left the toilet seat up. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it goes. I don't know why I can't find this for some reason. I saw a tweet about it the other day. It was not very good, though. I think we allow, like, like 3.5 goals against average at home. I think we only have, like, one more win than, like, losses and stuff. All right, I can yeah, it's here. not so great. At home, the Leafs are 12, 10, and 2. Oh, oh. And on the road, 
the Leafs are 14, 5, and 6. That's crazy. Bro, 12, well, 10 is I guess it's it looking be good. The opposite. I guess it's looking good that should we make the playoffs, we probably will not have home ice advantage. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I guess I guess it's not a bad thing. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah, well, that's, they took their that's... chances at home again. This time it was against the Dallas Stars. Obviously a pretty feel-good game just as a fan perspective, but I still think there's some some flaws to poke in the gameplay here. Um, the Leafs score the first goal of the game. Otherwise, it was a pretty flat first period. Couldn't get much going. The offensive zone entries just looked awful. <sighs> Those were abysmal. Um, credit where credit was due. They responded when and where they had to. Second and third period, you know, I won't say they played complete periods or complete games in the periods at all times, but they showed, you know, moments where, you know, they got things done where they needed to. Um, goals from each of the core four members, two of them coming pretty quickly in the third. Um, but I think, I don't know, Paul, you were, you were at this game. I was. What, what did you make of the slow start in the first, you know, the defense, the offense? Like, what was your kind of overall take on the game? It was nice to see the Leafs score first because, you know, we don't usually do that. And it's nice to see that we got on the power play with our with our with uh, with them struggling a little bit in the past. And then, you know, kind of went downhill from there, as you said. Uh, Dadanov's uh, first goal or the second one to give them the lead was just horrible defending on all parts, especially McCabe, like, one-handed stick coming in and then just giving Dadanov the lane. I think Samsonov should have had that goal, but I'm not going to really put all the blame on him considering Dadanov was in on like basically a breakaway, just put a five-hole. Um, yeah, not not a great first period. There were some boos coming from the stadium after they went off the ice. Um, but as you said, Ryan, they did come back and play a lot better in the second and third with a couple big goals uh, coming back down from 2-1, making it 3-2. And then, of, of course, we had to let uh, a, a penalty shot because, you know, Leafs. Dadanov scored a nice one there. And then the, the stadium just erupted after, after uh, Marner and Willie scored those two goals in quick succession. And thankfully... We didn't lose that game because Dallas never quit. So they, they almost came back. Yeah. Would you say, Zach, silver lining out of this one? I mean, obviously you take the two points, but specifically the power play operating well was a good sign. Yeah. I think that's probably the only good thing that I really take out of this game. Other than watching McCabe literally want to like rip someone in half after he got <laughs> a late hit from Marchmate, he was ready to just run through their whole team. And I was like, all right, go go for it. Go fight all of them. But, yeah, other than that, it was just the power play going four for, four for five. Um, that's something that we needed. Sure, you can also be like, where was the secondary scoring? But in a win, like, maybe I'm not going to nitpick like that. But, you know, yeah, good power play. It needs to be consistent. Penalty kill is still scares me at all points in time. But, yeah. Yeah, you can also look at it, you know, without David Camp, without Yarn Kroc, like you are missing some key guys, but it's it's not like it was doing that well when they were in there anyways. So. Yeah. I was lucky enough to, like, sit, like, in the 100s, like, 11 rows up from the, the glass because my uncle gave me tickets. I'm not – I can't afford those. Don't worry. 
I, it's flexing. So we, I was on like the Leafs side for the first and the, like watching the Leafs defend for the first and the third. So once I saw McCabe was going in the corner, March was behind me. You know how they do those like back hit, like the back hits? Like a reverse hit, yeah. It, yeah, the reverse hits. If I saw Jake McCabe turn around, saw it was Marchment, and his face lit up like a Christmas tree and absolutely <laughs> obliterated him. Like once you saw his face, like my entire section just goes, oh boy. And then he just absolutely leveled Marchment and Benoit. He took out Benoit too. Yeah, he did take but out Benoit. I, I must have missed that play. But you know what? Like they, they hung around for the win, two points on home ice. I mean, we'll take it. But I don't know. This team is just like they have so many steps that they still have to take to get to, to being an evable, even like at a comparable level. Yeah. Of hockey. I don't know. It's just it, like they just can't figure it out. And I don't know how many resets or breaks or times to kind of flip the script they need to figure it out but it's still not there what, whatever the there is they're not there just throw all out the there's they're there and there um one one and oh on the week now 26 15 eight on the season they're back in third in the atlantic let's celebrate something not in a wild card spot anymore because tampa lost uh yeah yes. you know gotta celebrate all the wins even the small ones yeah, we take it. We take the two points, no matter yeah. what. Um, I will say one of the one of the biggest positives out of these last two games was it seems like John Tavares kind of found his game again. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, set up the nice goal by Willie at a couple points against the Islanders. So my question to you guys is: besides Tavares, who I mean, it's only two games. We don't know if he's completely rebound his game and going to be a point of game player the rest of the way, but. Besides Tavares, if you have to pick one player on the roster who has to have a bounce back second half of the season, who are you picking? And I'll start with Zach. I'm going to choose a non-obvious answer. I'm going to say TJ Brody. I'm just going to say he like has not played to the level that we've expected defensively. Uh, and I would love for him to just step up and be like – solid first pairing on Riley's other side defensive guy that really has Riley's back when he's jumping in the rush uh, on the offense. And just, I'm, I miss those like bumper press dives by TJ Brody. I feel like he hasn't done that in a long time. I, I love the bumper press, like the chill game. Yeah. Like it, yeah, exactly. So I loved using that unless I got a bunch of tripping penalties. Yeah. Oh my God. With in, most in, of the NHL. Time pretty much standard but i love when brody does it because he doesn't take penalties but yeah just like those kind of plays being a solid defensive defenseman like i feel like that's kind of been missing from his game he's been a little bit invisible for me on the defensive side so yeah i think that's a i think that's a good show especially because that's a guy whose name has come up a lot in trade conversations Mm -hmm. so you know safe to say leading up to the trade deadline if a guy like brody can't find his game he might find himself uh on the outside looking in in terms of a trade. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul, who's your kind of bounce back player? I was, I was expecting Zach to say like Bertuzzi, so I had like a backup in mind. But I'm, because Zach went with the non-obvious answer, I'm, I'm going to say Bertuzzi just because of what we brought him in for. He has not looked good at all this year. I think he has like 
I think Nick Robertson has more goals than he does, and he's played half the games. Um, you know, there's some games that Bertuzzi has looked good, but it's only a handful out of the amount of games we played this year. And I think if we want to be a difference maker and want to like get a big winning streaker, have some confidence, I think Bertuzzi needs to be one of the guys that steps up on that second line. I'd also say Matty Nyes, but hundred you know. percent, yeah, that's that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Nyes. I mean, I'm going to pick on the guy. He was also my pick for underperformer of the season at the MSLEs that we did a couple episodes ago. Um, I mean, look, the guy's averaging 14 plus minutes a night. He's playing with Matthews and Marner on a regular basis, and like, yep. let me just pull up his game log here. Like, it's I, I get that the intangibles look good, and you know. He, in my opinion, outside of the core four, is one of the few players who can actually carry the puck into the offensive zone, which is, I think, something that this team in general has struggled with tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Like, he hasn't scored a goal. I think it's like 16 games or something, Since right? December 27th against Ottawa. Wow. Well, we play Ottawa on Saturday, so... Right. Then after that, he goes pointless for five games, gets the assist back to back games, another three games without an assist, then an assist. And then he was recently on a one, two, three, four, five, five game pointless streak up until his power play, uh, his assist yesterday. Against I know, Dallas. like, with Nyes, like, we know he can do the little things like battle in the corner, get the pucks out, get it in front to Matthews and, and Marner. But, like, if you're on the first line, you need to get points. It's not like if he was on like the third line, then it, it wouldn't be an issue. But him being on the first line, like you got to produce a lot more. Totally right. Like the intangibles are great if you look good, but like the the score sheet talks, right? Like points talk. Yep. You need you need the stats. And for a team whose whose strength is supposed to be offense, and yet one of our biggest weaknesses is depth scoring. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to imagine. I mean, we've, we've talked about it. It's hard to imagine anyone failing in this position. Like, he just, going back he to just hasn't gotten it done. Going back to uh, Bertuzzi, like, it was so funny because I was at, when I was at the game, there was this older man who, like, had season tickets. He, he was sitting in front of me. And I was talking with my cousin, and I was like, you know, Bertuzzi, like, doesn't seem like he skates fast, but we know he could. So the so this old, this man turns to around and goes, you know what? You know why I think Bertuzzi hasn't been good this year? I go, why? And he goes, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I go, well, that could definitely be an issue. But he's just oh, busy my... doing lines in the bathroom before. Just the, game. the most like <laughs> out of pocket response i thought he was going to be like i thought he was going to say something like normal but he just one word answer cocaine that's it we're trying to fix the lines and he's doing them yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> yes sir oh my gosh mm-hmm. um something something else worth i i mean we we've we've alluded to this over the weeks but i don't think we've ever really gone into depth about it but just looking at this team and it and kind of talking about whether or not they're actually built for the playoffs. Like I look at this team and like how many dogs are really on this roster with like that, you know, like be able to flip a switch and turn on that killer instinct. Right. Like, cause as we near 
trade deadline and the Leafs kind of have to figure out their identity. You know, last episode we spoke about what Treliving does at the deadline is solely going to be dependent on how the team plays leading up to it. You know, I, I don't see a lot of guys up this up and down this lineup that really have that sort of killer instinct that like when push comes to shove, they can rise to the occasion in the playoffs. I'm hoping Bertuzzi can be one of them because we've seen in the past how good he can be in the playoffs. Um, I know we like Riley's always been a dog in the playoffs. Willie's been fantastic. Um, Tavares and, and Matthews have been great the last couple of years. Mitch picked it up last year. So like we, we understand like the core five, we should say, but anyone else around them, I'm hoping McCabe, um, Bertuzzi picks it up. Maybe Max Domi from how well he played last year on Dallas in the playoffs. Like there's a lot of guys that we've seen do well in the playoffs. They just haven't been doing well now. And I'm hoping those guys can really pick it up when, when we need them to pick it up. What are your thoughts on this, Zach? Yeah, I think like for me, it's, it's Bertuzzi and Domi are probably the two biggest question marks. Uh, they both have good playoff experience. They both have a lot of, you know, the drive that comes when you're entering playoff season. We saw it with Bertuzzi last year, how he was with Boston, how basically he, he was just standing in front of the net. And I think I watched like a compilation of all his goals from the first round last year, where 95% were him just being an absolute nuisance in front of the net, you know, screening the goalie and banging in rebounds or deflections or stuff like that. And those kind of things are really important in the playoffs. I just don't understand why he hasn't been doing them in the regular season. Like, I don't know if he's just like saving everything for the playoffs. Maybe who knows, but those are two guys that I'm really hoping for like a lot from. And then I think for me is McCabe and Benoit. And those two guys have been really good in terms of bringing the physicality, you know, being tough, players to play against like when you look at your defensive core in the playoffs one of the big question marks that at least I have is who's going to make the other team suffer the most in the playoffs make them have to try as hard as they can to get in front of the net and still punish them for it make them feel the bruises so in game four you know maybe they think twice about standing in front of Benoit because he's just going to destroy them like that kind of stuff really hoping for a lot from those two guys on the back end just being like and talk about Benoit being an absolute unit and being a huge steal, you know, coming in league minimum contract, like no expectations, and basically like like Keith would be crazy to take him out of the lineup for the rest of the year. Like he's, he's such a player. fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, he's and you know what? And he deserves to be too. He so he made Mark- that. Uh, I I think uh, if you guys remember the Dallas game, I think on the penalty kill he blocked a shot and it went out of. It went out of the yeah, yeah, out of bounds. He got like a standing ovation in the arena. <laughs> Good. Every time he made a hit, him and Ryan like and one thing like going back to like Tavares seems to have refound his game. I think I think Ryan Reeves has actually played very well since he came back into the lineup from the from uh from I guess his we'll say his conditioning stint in the press box. <laughs> Conditioning stint. I, I think he's. He I think been, he's he been very, better. very good. Yeah. I, I, 
think so. Like, I wouldn't say he's been an A-plus player since he's come back. No, I don't think he's better than he was before. But it's, it's, it's what we've talked about over the weeks, right? It's, it's what are your expectations for who you are yeah. and the role that you play. Mm-hmm. And if he can live up to that. But I like what you said, Zach. Like, in terms of the defensive core, that's... I mean, it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out that's where the Leafs' weaknesses lie. Um, but in my mind, when I look at this defensive group, there's really only three guys there. And in my mind, it's kind of one per pairing that I look at. I'm like, you're a dog. Like I want you on this blue line in the playoffs. The first is obviously Riley. Yep. Yeah, sure. Without a doubt. Uh, the second, my second pairing guy would be McCabe, you know, not a lot of playoff experience, hard to really judge him based on last year's, um, but you know, like that's a guy like we've seen in parts of this year where the offensive play can come and and the physicality. You know, there are holes in his game defensively, but I think it, it there's there's enough there. And the third guy is Benoit, right? So to me, if I'm Brad Treliving and I'm trying to address the issues, I'm looking at the spots that Brody, Lilligren, and Giordano are holding, right? Yeah, Giordano cannot play all. in the playoffs. No. You're probably not going to move them all and bring in three new defensemen. But in a perfect world, um, Brody's getting old on an expiring deal. We already know he's, he's, he's in the talks for the trade conversation. Um, we've been wanting a top guy to play with Riley for, for who knows how long. Yep. Lilligren, while we saw upside in his play before his injury this year, it just doesn't seem like he found his game. And, and while he has a bright future... I just don't think it's what we need right now. And and I think really Giordano should be your seventh defenseman going into the playoffs. I think Lilligren should be like the bottom pairing. And then we should try and find two defensemen that can play those top two minutes, ideally, if I'm true living. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's hard to know if if and what can be done in, in one kind of trade deadline period, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just the way I look at it. And uh it's just a, it's just honestly saddening to think about. What that we still have these issues for so long? Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. And and amongst Very. all of this, the Leafs are now rumored to be in the serious trade talks with the Western Conference team. Lots of speculation out there. Do you guys have any uh guesses as to what it might be? I'm not sure. But if I had to, like, if you told me, like, who would you want? And if I'm being, like, realistic, if we want, like, a top forward to play with, like, Matthews and Marner, I would love, like, a Clayton Keller. Not just because he was on the same team as Matthews in the All-Star game, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, he's he's just a fantastic player. And if you play him on that top line, that's probably one of the best top lines in the NHL if not the best line in the top line in the NHL. Um, if I had to pick like defensemen, I know we were talking a lot about Chris Tanev from Calgary, um, Noah Hannafin, uh, like something realistic. Like I, I could be like Kale McCarr, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> when he I could be like, or I could be like Roman Yossi, which probably won't happen because his cap hit is crazy. Yeah, someone like a, a Tanev or like a, a Hannafin, someone that can fill those top spots that we've seen can, that we know can actually do it. What are your thoughts, yeah. Zach? 
Well, when it comes to like Calgary specifically, uh, I know from what I've heard, Hannafin's actually requested to be traded to the, the United States. So I don't think he would be a viable option as much as I think he would actually be a really good fit. And Tanev, like, maybe it's just me. I think he's a little bit overhyped. I don't think you should be chopping off an arm and a leg for Chris Tanev. Like, I, he might be the best of what's available there. But at the same time, then the question is, like, how much do you want to double down on this Leafs core to get it done this year? Like, how much are you willing – are you willing to pay too much to get Chris Tanev on your team? Because for me, like, I don't know. And it's hard to say that I have any sort of belief in this team to go far in the playoffs based on what we've seen over the past few months. Like, I can't – this team does not look like the team it did last year. The team last year was basically, for me, I'm like, doesn't matter what you're trading for the future. Doesn't matter. Trade it, do it, because this team has the chance to go far. This year, I do not have that sort of confidence at all. So for me, is it worth trading so much for Chris Tanev? I don't know. Would it be nice to get like a Clayton Keller? Sure. I don't know. For me, if you're trading for a piece, maybe you trade a you trade a little bit extra this year to get someone with term, and you and you don't. Yeah, do I think I think that's a big thing. Is you, whatever you're bringing in, it can't be a rental. Um, I forgot even, about one person though. Yeah. Because Vancouver was actually talking about trading Zadorov because he hasn't fit well in the in the yeah. room with them. So, like, I know, Ryan, you were a huge fan of him when he was getting uh, rumored to go out of Calgary. So maybe Trilliving tries again I mean, with Zadorov, but I don't like know. like six foot six. How could you not want that on your team? Exactly. Like, <laughs> the guy's an absolute monster. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, with, I'm, in, I'm in the same kind of echelon of thoughts as you are, Zach it's hard to want to make a big splash, especially for a rental, given the fact that, I don't know, there's probably not a lot of confidence in this group across the board. At the same time, next year, like if you're saying not this year, let's retool and and pivot for next year. Next year is going to be hell, given the fact that Nylander's extension kicks in. So does Matthews. And Tavares' contract, that's the last year of his deal, and then you need to renegotiate with him and Marner. I, I don't know how you look at next year and say that's the year, right? Plus, if you're looking at, for example, this year, trading guys, let's just say, like a Robertson, like a Nyes, you know, let's mortgage the future for what you need right now. In theory, I do think that's the right thing to do. But come next year, we're going to need guys making league minimum entry-level contracts to be in our lineup every day. Given the fact that we're going to have four guys making 11 plus million dollars. So, you know, if it's not this year and then next year is a challenge, then you're looking at the year following that, you know, that's just another year down the depth charts, you know, that's you know, maybe the core four finds their game, but maybe Tavares takes an even bigger step back, right? Like you're just, you're looking so far down the tunnel that I'm kind of circling back to like, if not this year, I don't know when. Yeah, I was going to say, we kind of need to. Right? Like I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do from here unless you just go balls to the wall and make an absolute splash and just hope some something fits. You know, like, I don't know. If you throw enough shit at the wall, something will stick, right? Like, you've got to bring in enough good pieces to the point where something works. 
Yeah. Um, I do agree, you know, going after players with term and on relatively good contracts makes a lot more sense. Not many of them, to be honest. No, but overpay and, and get teams to retain, right? Like I look at the McCabe con- trade from last year. Obviously, he only had a year and a half left. Like after this season, he's off the books. But yeah, th- these draft picks, they're they're magic beans, right? You don't know what you're going to get. They don't really matter, right? Like a player who you're going to draft two years from now in the first round probably won't play in the NHL while this core of this Leafs team is together. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's it's so baffling to know what the Leafs are going to do this year. But like we said last week, I think it's as simple as the way the team plays leading up to the trade deadline will dictate what kind of buyer or seller or whatever in between true living determines for us at the deadline. It'll be very interesting. Yeah, my mind is just exploding with the possibilities. There's just so much that could happen or won't happen. Yeah, and I think it's also a real possibility that they stand pat and do pretty much nothing. (laughs) What? I think that's that's a high possibility. What, that that True Living does nothing? Yeah. I'll die. But but like I I I I think that's a very plausible scenario. No, if we don't do anything, we're losing in the first round. I I think we're losing in the first round, anyways. No, if we make splashes, we're not losing the first round. (laughs) Okay, but what's your definition of splash? Like you go to Arizona, you pick up Keller and Sean Dursey and Nick Bukestad, and then you get Tanev, and and then you get. I don't want Sean Dursey. Sean Dursey. Isn't he like the from Ontario, but everybody in Ontario hates him for some we reason? We had him. Yeah, we traded him for Muzzin. Yeah, we traded him. Where? Yeah, and then he played, he played like he played for the first time in Toronto, and I remember he did something that pissed all the fans off. Yeah, and, and his parents were at the game and they were booing him every time he had the puck. <laughs> you're, you're making this up. No, I swear. Just no, watch it. No, I remember. His I, no, own he, parents he, were booing him? His, no. His parents were at the game watching him play for the first time back in Toronto since being traded. He, I think he made like a bad hit in the first or something. And the rest of the game, the entire arena was booing him when his parents were watching him. Uh. <laughs> so the entire arena minus his parents were booing him. <laughs> yeah, basically. His like, boo, who is that guy? <laughs> Just trying to fit in. Yeah. I don't know. When is the trade deadline? Is it in March? I think early March. Let's check. Isn't the trade deadline for the NBA today? March 8th. The trade deadline for the NBA is today in 50 minutes. The Raptors. Uh, March 8th. Absolutely shredded their entire roster outside of Scotty Burns. Who, the Raptors? I don't even know what they're doing. You know why? Because I think think we have a, a protected first round pick, and it's only protected if it's top six. For this year, I think we traded it and we protected it if it's a top six. So we stink anyways. We might as well try and get the top six pick. That's true. Like you All traded, right. well, what's his name? Schroeder for Dinwiddie or whatever. I don't know anything about the Raptors. Uh, let's let's talk about injuries. Uh, let's throw it over to Mullen MD. Very fitting to lead our injury report, given that he is suffering from one right now as well. Mullen MD, welcome back. 
yeah, it's a little bit of a funny, I don't know, haha laugh that the injury guy is also injured. So <laughs> let's go through all the injuries. Uh, Mullen MD is currently out for six weeks, three month recovery time with a broken ankle. So <laughs> that's fun. Um, but anyway, moving on to the actual Leafs. Uh, so Joseph Wall is nearing a return to full involvement come mid-February. What does this mean exactly? It's probably more like he returns to practices. He joins the team for workouts, for morning skates, for stuff like that. But I wouldn't expect him to actually like start a game until late February. I'd be pretty shocked if mid-February was when he started. You know, I think they're going to take this really really cautious with him they're not going to rush him back um you know you've got two goalies that are starting and you know that are playing decently well so there's no emergency need for wall to come back as soon as possible even though we do want that to happen so i think they're going to be really slow with it uh do the leafs go three goalies once he's back that is the question i think the trade deadline coming up may prove interesting i don't even know what trailing is going to do with three of them you don't trade wall do you trade jones do you trade samsonov do you run three goalies when he gets back i don't know these are really complicated questions and we're probably going to be asking them a lot more um once wall is nearing his return moving on from goalies david camp is week to week he did something and no one knows what he did but he is skating still they just uh, <laughs> said he's done for all games this week. So uh, he's doing regular drills and stuff uh, solo uh, with the coaching staff. So I would expect him to come back next week. I'd be pretty shocked if he was out longer than the games that he's already been said he's going to miss, which is just this week. Uh, I don't know what he did. Nobody knows. It was the All-Star break. What did he do? Like, did he vacation too hard in cancun or like possibly oh i think it was before the all-star game but before there before the all-star it was the game it was like that saturday in winnipeg game the last game before the all-star break i think that's when keith said he he suffered something during the game and he's going to be week to week look at that paul's got all the info great I job <laughs> uh and the i'm only trying one... to be as good as you you're doing your best well, then, then the only thing uh, missing is uh, Cali Yarncroke, who's also out. I think he's week to week with a broken finger, question mark. I don't remember. Yes. I think you're right. So Something yeah. like that after blocking a shot in practice, like an idiot. Yeah, so he's week to week. So probably a couple weeks. I wouldn't expect him back till March. That's well, it. thank you, Malin MD. Best of luck in your recovery and... Uh... Really quick before we move on, now that Zach is rejoining us, do the Leafs run three goalies? What are your thoughts? I know we've talked about it, but now that Wall's return is a little more hmm. imminent, what do you think? That'll be interesting. Personally, I think they have no choice. Hmm. I mean, we're playing Samsonov pretty much all the games now. So... I guess you just got to give Wool a little bit of time to get back to his game and see what happens when he comes back. I think we do got to have three goalies, though, just in case. Yeah, I think I think Wall goes for a conditioning stint with the Marlies. Like, that's what I would do. 
give him some time to get back. Give him some <laughs> Poor Hildeby. Yeah, Hildeby's crazy. He's just, you guys see that uh, he was stopping like three on O's. The three on O's. He stopped yeah. all of them. In a game? In the, like the AHL All-Star game. Ah. They had like a three on O. I don't know why it's so That just sounds like torture for a goal. It, it basically it is torture. Thing. It's a skills thing. Like they took out three, yeah. three on O basically skills, pass, whoever scores the most goals, whatever. He'll to be stopped all of them. Yeah. He'll Wild. Bunch of AHL dusters. Yeah, I know, eh? Yeah, it was like Nick Patan was one of the guys that I saw down there. Nick Leaf, Patan was there? Leaf legend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Nick Patan. I saw a Patan. I assumed it was Nick Patan. That probably, yeah, probably is. What other Patans are going to be? I remember yeah, watching that guy in the World Juniors. Nick, yeah. Oh, some of those names. You never forget the World Junior names. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I do... I do think that the Leafs will have no choice but to go three goalies, given the fact that Jones is your only expendable one. But if you try to wait, uh, wave him, someone will likely claim him. Yeah. Uh, and then at that point, you need him just because you don't know what you're going to get in terms of consistency of play from Samsonov and health from Wall. So, and I, I think going for, into the playoffs, that's the same thing, right? Should they make the playoffs? Um. I think goaltending-wise, this team has to stand pat and just stay where they are at the deadline. And you just can't afford to try and send down Jones. Yeah. Yeah, Talking about international hockey, it's a little bit of some exciting stuff. The NHL the other day announced a Four Nations Cup, which I think is going to be 2025, and then the NHL's return to the Olympics. Been calling for this for a long time. McDavid will get to represent Canada for the first time internationally since the world juniors was it or the uh I think yes. it was the world juniors so yeah because the yeah. world cup of hockey was on team north america yeah so crazy crazy stuff i mean first and foremost i think everyone's happy that the nhls would be going back to the olympics like there's no question about that i'm mm. curious what you guys think of the four nations cup let me just put it this way david pasternak will not be playing yeah because i don't think uh, i don't think uh is uh, countries playing in it? What are the yeah. four countries? Canada, U.S., Sweden, Sweden Finland. So Finland. Uh, my, my question to you guys is like the fact that you're still going to be missing a large pool of really good players. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on the Four Nations Cup? Or does it not matter that they're missing because we will have the Olympics after that? Uh, honestly, I think this is their way, their cop out of being like, "Hey, let's do the World Cup of Hockey, but exclude Russia," and then this is how they're going about it. Is basically because if you do a team Europe, then you I don't know. I think it's it's a little more political stuff involved in there. If I had to take yeah. a guess, personally, like obviously if stuff wasn't going on, I wouldn't like it. I think you know when you're doing these kind of tournaments, you want to see as much of the best players as you can. So like a team Europe or a team whatever, like those kind of things would be nice. I think the World Cup of Hockey, personally, I loved it with Team, you know, North America with the Young Guns and then... Yeah, that was awesome. Europe. Like, I, I like those, and so I kind of wish they had kept them, but I, I get why they're not doing it. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, cool. Really overshadowed by the Olympics announcement, though. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. That's I forgot perfect. about the Four Nations Cup. <laughs> now you wonder, you're like, can Crosby make Team Canada with McDavid in 2026? Uh, put him on the fourth line. I don't care. Yes, I, he'll be a first liner for sure. 
He's so first, good. First liner? No, 100%. second liner, second. He'll be a second liner with Marshawn and like McKinnon. No, 100% he's first line wing with McDavid. Nah. Yeah, 100%. You got to keep that man at center. Nah, he's, he'll be old and farting dust by then, so just throw him on the he'll wing. He'll still be able to win face-offs while farting dust. <laughs> You've got a point there. Uh, early early prediction for your winner of the Four Nations Cup. I know the, the Olympics is just really seems really far away, but early, way too early prediction. Unfortunately, I might say U.S. I, I'm with you there. They're so disgusting. Yeah, the Americans have a. I'm gonna go. Uh, Bill, I'm gonna say uh, Sweden. Mm. Why not? Because U.S. is the obvious answer. And Canada is the biased answer. Like Canada, like of course our offense is gross. It's just goaltending. But our Canada. goaltending yeah. and our defense is is not that. No, defense close is to... good. Defense. Is defense good. is good, but like the states' defense is really good. But the goaltending is so lopsided. Like ours is like Aiden Hill, Tristan Yari, and like I don't know. And then I like know. the I states guess it would have been like, Carter Hart prior to. It would have been Carter Hart, but you know. Touchy if subject. he ever plays again, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah I think the U.S. Ever... is just going to be dominant. Like the fact oh, that you can run a first line of Matthews and the Kachuk brothers is <laughs> disgusting. That's so filthy. There's like just uh, like so Canada's like Canada's first line won't be that far up with like McDavid. You can no, put like McKinnon, better, Marner. But... Like it's still filthy, but like, dude, like you know, what I saw that kind of surprised me. A lot of the pros over the All-Star Weekend who are submitting their projections had Hyman making the team. Yep. They well, did go for Canada. Chris all over again. To be fair, it's you can put Hyman with same. McDavid, it works. That's what they all had. But I, I just don't see a world where he makes the team. He does not. No, let me let me tell you. He does not deserve to make Team Canada. I love Zach Hyman. I think he's a great player. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. He's not Team Caliber. Team Canada Caliber. There's no way you take him off a line with McDavid, he gets less than half the points that he has right now. Well, I think the whole point is to play him on a line with McDavid. You can put me on a line with McDavid, I get 30 points. If McDavid got injured before the Olympics, I'd like he would be out and then Hyman would be out at the same time. Yeah. They're a package deal. <laughs> package deal. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just a package deal. I remember like the the fever dream of Tavares making it to represent Canada again, but I think that that ship has no. Been. He's probably not no going to make it. Bedard for sure is going to be there. He better be there. Mitchell make it. I think Riley should make it too. Yeah, a I, lot I, of, he was on a lot of projections. He was on like everybody's, but I think like he'll be a bottom pair seventh defenseman yeah, guy. Yeah, sixth or seventh defenseman guy. But like, I saw you'll someone Matthews, put Darnell. I Lily. saw someone put Darnell Nurse on theirs, and I was like, "No, I you're stupid!" Like, like that is ho- he's he's so shit. Like, I don't want to see Darnell Nurse in a Canada jersey. No, he's so bad. <laughs> We're definitely losing to the states if Darnell Nurse is on Team Canada. I don't know, Simone Benoit. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, Simone Benoit. What are you talking if, about? First line pairing with Kale McCarr. If salary cap was a thing for the for the Four Nations Cup, like you have to pick like whatever the salary cap was, and like you have to pick players based on Simone Benoit, just like <laughs> automatic. Slot him in, bro. Slot him we'll in. Lead the league in hits and beautiness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask him for a signed jersey. I'm just going to DM him on Instagram. Like, hey, Benny, I love you, buddy. What are the chances I get a signed jersey? 
You're the I goat. Yo, ask him to be on the podcast. What the heck? I should do that too. I did buy an All Star jersey. Did oh. you really? You ended up getting one, eh? Yeah. I was it the Matthew? Was it Matthews? Yeah, I was gonna get. I was gonna get Willie, but they didn't have my size. So I'm like, hey, I'll just send it for Austin. We always send it for Austin. We love that man. <laughs> All right, let's look at the week ahead just before we wrap up here. Uh, two games on tap before we record next Saturday versus the Ottawa Senators, and God knows we play them well every time. And Tuesday versus the St. Louis Blues, who I don't believe we've played yet this season. So this will be an interesting one. Hopefully we're not in misery after playing the team from Missouri. Thank you kindly. I will be here. Zach, did I not know you have a tattoo? You didn't know that? I don't think so. Wait. Can't really... There you go. Well, I he got it as he was getting. Uh, he got it as he was getting surgery on his ankle. Fast. Yes. Yeah. It's like I'm already yeah, out. Just, just throw some ink on there. Might as well, right? All right. As the tatted man himself, why don't you start us off with predictions? Uh, I'm gonna go with optimistic two o n o. Yeah, Paul, I saw that. <laughs> space is very happy. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go two o n o. I think. We're in a surprise in Ottawa, uh, and I think we're going to beat St. Louis. We're gonna, I think we're going to smack St. Louis. I don't know why. Even though they, this team has given me no confidence in anything. So, <laughs> I love the confidence. I am oh. confident they're going 2-0-0, even though they give me absolutely zero confidence. <laughs> I love Just it, lift the toilet seat up, boys. <laughs> What's yours, Paul? I'm going to go 1-0-1. I just have a stupid feeling we're going to lose in Ottawa in overtime because that's what we usually do. We'll go up like 4-1, give up the lead and lose in overtime. So that's what I'm feeling there. And I, think, right. and I think we'll beat St. Louis. We usually do pretty well against them. We have good games with them most of the time. Yeah, you got 1-0-1. I got 1-1-0. We'll probably lose to Ottawa in regulation. We'll probably be up like... It, it's going to be the game where we have like three separate two-goal leads and somehow lose. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we'll be up two nothing, three one, and four two, and then end up losing like five four in regulation. That's that's the script I'm writing for that game, and then we'll beat St. Louis because I don't know magic beans. I don't know whatever you Jordan Kyrie magic beans reasons X Y Z dot your eyes and cross your T's. Uh, that is it for us on this episode of the Original Six Podcast. Hopefully Zach's prediction is right. Hopefully they're play will give us confidence after this next week but until then only time will tell as we approach one week closer to the all-important trade deadline of this nhl season fellas favorite three words heading into this next week of maple Leafs hockey go leafs go put seat down what'd you say Put seat down. Yes. Toilet seat down. Sure, that works too. I'll give it a go, Leafs go. Why not? Uh, Thank you for listening. If you're new, follow, subscribe as I'm yawning through this outro. I need a coffee. Uh, If you're returning, thank you as always. (laughs) Hey, don't forget to take care of the planet because we can't talk about how bad the Leafs are if there's no planet. Just remember that. (laughs) We'll see you next time on the Original Six Podcast. (laughs) 
Bye. Where's the stop button?